Welcome back, people of God, to another episode on the Taboo Topics Podcast. I'm your host, Prophetic Voice 1966, coming to you this week, covering the topic, It's a Blood Covenant, Part 1. It is my prayer that you gain a greater understanding about the covenants of God between Him and mankind, and more importantly, the children of Israel and the remnant of his people, which is the bride of Christ. Therefore, I highly recommend that you get your Bible, a pen, and some paper so that you can take notes and follow along as I cover this taboo topic that is extremely taboo because it's not taught in the churches and you won't hear it on social media. You'll find it only here on the Taboo Topics Podcast. But before I get into the message, I'd like to take this time to give God all the honor and all the glory that's due his holy name, that I might speak on his behalf the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth So help me, God. Therefore, let me start by laying the foundation which covers Genesis chapter 9, verses 11 through 16. And I'm hoping I'll give you a minute to grab your Bibles and turn to go to the Genesis chapter 9. And we will start at verse 11. Let me get there. And here's where God made a covenant with Noah after the flood. And this was the first covenant that God made with mankind. And it reads, And I will establish my covenant with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood. Neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. Verse 12, And God said, This is the token of the covenant which I make between you, between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the clouds And it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. Verse 14, and it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth, that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. Verse 15, and I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you, and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. Verse 16. And the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. So people of God, after reading this, we now know why when it rains, Shortly after, a rainbow will appear in the sky. It's God's promise 
to mankind and everything that creeps upon the earth that he will never again destroy the earth by a flood. Let's move on. The next covenant God made was with Abraham. But Abraham's covenant is complex. Boy, whew, it was complex. It had so many different parts to it. And it started out in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. And, and, it's, and it's, this covenant is when God was telling him that he would make him a great nation. That's the first part of it. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 12, and we will start with verse 2. I'll give you a second to get there. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Okay, so that was one part of it. You know, when God called Abraham at first, he told him that he would make him a great nation. No, I'm sorry. He would, yeah, he would make him a great nation and he would make his name great. Then B, he goes on to give him the land of Sikkim, which is today the West Bank in modern day Israel. And if you would, turn with me to Genesis chapter 12. We'll go on. To verse 6. And Abram passed through the land unto the land. I'm sorry. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Sikkim, unto the plain of Moray. And the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. All right, let's move on. The, the third part of, of this covenant, God gave him the promise of an innumerable, you can't even number it, an innumerable amount of seed. This is found in Genesis chapter 15, and it starts with verse 5. Genesis chapter 15, and, and we're going to read on down to the ninth verse, but Genesis 15, 5, and it says, He brought him forth abroad and told, he's talking to Abraham now, it says, He brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Verse 7, And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit. Verse 8, And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? Verse 9, And he said unto him, Take me a heifer of three years old and a she-goat of three years old and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. I'm going to keep reading. And he took unto him all these and divided them in the midst, and laid each piece one against another. But the birds divided he not. 
So you see, this is where blood begin to come into the picture about how God keeps covenant with between himself and man. In the Old Testament, they used animals. And as we just read, it was pigeons and goats. And uh, let's see, it was pigeons, goats, and rams, and turtle doves. Uh, and they had to divide them. But for whatever reason, we're going to find out why, Abra why Abraham didn't divide the birds. He didn't divide those birds. And then the last part of the covenant between Abraham was the circumcision of every male child on the eighth day. It says, this is an everlasting covenant, covenant, and so it is to this day. This is why men are circumcised. And it is found in Genesis chapter 17, verse 11. I'm there now, Genesis chapter 17, verse 11. I hope you have your Bibles. And turn there, and it says, it shall... And ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant between me and you. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you. Every man child in your generations, he that is born in the house or brought, bought with money of any stranger which is not of thy seed. I'm going to read, read on verse 13. He that is born in thy house and he that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. Verse 14. And the uncircumcised man child whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that, shall, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant. So again, the whole thing thus far is about covenant and blood. And you know that when men are circumcised, they, as early as even today, uh, I think two days old, they will circumcise a child. They don't stay in the hospitals eight days. But under the old covenant, this was the blood covenant between the seed of Abraham and God. Their foreskin had to be cut off. And that represents the token between God and men. And then the last part of the covenant was God promised to, to make him a great nation, right? But how could he make Abraham a great nation? When he was 75 years old. He was 75 when he left Ur. And as we read, Sarah, his wife, she was 90 years old, no longer having a menstrual cycle. But guess what? Is there anything too hard for God? Isaac was finally born. 
Isaac was the seed of promise, but Abraham also had a son, Ishmael, by Sarah's handmaiden, uh, the Egyptian, Hagar. But Ishmael was not the son of promise. It was Isaac. So let's recap. God's first covenant was with Noah, and it was the sign of the rainbow to never again destroy the earth by a flood. And then his second covenant was with Abraham, a 90-year-old, I mean, a 75-year-old man. And God knows how old he was at the time of uh, the fulfillment of the covenant. But I do know that Sarah was 90, too old to be bearing children. But nonetheless, Isaac came along. And then the descendants of the people of God go into slavery over into Egypt for 400 years. So although God promised him all these things, Abraham, from Genesis on to the end of the New Testament, um, the Old Testament, there were a lot of atrocities that took place. But after Abraham's covenant, then came Moses. Moses was the one who God chose to carry out the promise. Moses gave the children of Israel the Ten Commandments after God brought them out of Egypt. The 400 years was up. He gave, gave them the uh, Ten Commandments and ordained the people and separated them by tribes. And this is when they start having ceremonial Passovers as a memorial which is known to this day as the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And back again, then that's when they used to sacrifice the blood of goats, bulls, lambs, sheep, turtle doves, pigeons, and so on to make atonement for their sins. They had to do this three times a year because blood is what atones for sins. And I'll read it to you. I want you to turn with me to Leviticus. So you go from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, which is the third chapter in the Old Testament. Go to Leviticus chapter 17 and start with verse 11. Leviticus 17 verse 11 says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. So you see, we're going somewhere with this whole theme about it's a blood covenant because at the end of this, at the end of this, uh, topic I'm going to debunk 
the belief that a lot of believers have about being raptured out of here. You know, true enough, I'm not a, uh, um, against the rapture, but I am a post-trib believer in the rapture. And I'm going to bring you the scriptures to prove it. So, there's a lot of things that's going to happen with the body of Christ. I mean, Prophet Daniel, he he describes uh, some things that is going to happen. And of course, we know we have the martyrs in Revelation who shed their blood. And then we have... uh, the harlot, and there's so many other different facets to the blood covenant that we're going to establish throughout this topic. But in this episode, part one, I wanted to lay the foundation so that you understand that God is a God of covenant. And that blood is required in each covenant. So meditate on this. Meditate on this, especially Leviticus 17, 11, where it says that blood is what makes atonement for the soul. And we will pick up here next week and move on to... Daniel's prophecy and we'll go on over from there into the new covenant that was established in Christ and as the Holy Spirit leads us in conclusion what will have been accomplished is that you will have a better understanding about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and what it is about blood that atones for sins. Even Satan, Satanism, Luciferians, they all perform blood sacrifices, and we'll get into that. But again, if you would like to be a guest on Taboo Topics Podcast, Send your emails to support at propheticvoice1966.com. Thank you for tuning in. And until next time, peace and blessings. Prophetic Voice 1966, signing out.